So that's, that's a great question. The tools that we use here, when we do this keyword research, we build a list of your keywords and then a list of your competitors. And what we're able to do is try to identify content gaps in where your competitors are ranking for keywords and where you're not. And that's one of the ways we can help guide our strategy and, and direct you in strategy and plans in your marketing efforts. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here with Making Chips. We are coming to you live from downtown Lombard, Illinois. I'm sitting across the desk from my good friend, my co-host, Jason, Jay-Z Zenger. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, but why are you yelling at me, Jim? I don't know. You know, I'm just... I'm Too many pumped. cups of coffee, I've right? Had, I've had three cups already. I feel good. It's Friday. Uh, I got a big week. I had a great week at the office, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm encouraged about the future, and I think manufacturing is back, so I think it's all good. Well, speaking of that, why don't we just get right into manufacturing? You've news got on. manufacturing. I news. do. Yeah, you I did. do. You did a little research. Yeah, and this huh? one, um, this one has to do with um, not necessarily don't making stop me chips, yeah. or maybe like chocolate chips or something like that. One of everybody's favorite subjects, which is candy. Candy, candy. Yeah, yeah. Mars, the company, yeah, which I, I just found out they're a family the owned. Space place, yeah, no. not, they're they're a family owned manufacturing company. They're going to invest seventy million dollars in U.S. manufacturing. And creating awesome. new jobs. In, in what capacity, though? So, you know, I, 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 I hate when I hear all these news articles and they're going to, you know, they're going to fast forward a hundred quadrillion dollars into this. But what does that really mean? $70 million to do what? Okay. So specifically, they're going to start producing more of their core M&M products here in the United States. And they're doing this in um, response to the president revitalizing U.S. manufacturing. And I guess by revitalizing the threats of taxes associated with not manufacturing here, which I think is great. I personally, if I'm going to eat food, I'd rather it be made, you know, within these states. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. So what part of the country are they going to put this facility? It, it just, no, it's not a facility. It's just they're reinvesting back into their existing factories across the country. And I actually do know here in the Chicagoland area, there are quite a few uh, Mars factories. Right. There's there's a, a stop on the metro called Mars, and that's where the Mars factory is oh, at. Oh, used to be? Okay. Well, oh, no, or I, th- I think it's still. Oh, okay, uh, it, okay. It, it, it is a stop on the Milwaukee West Line that's called Mars. Yeah, absolutely. So, but t- tell me more a little bit about that because it's kind of vague, and I, I want to do a little deeper dive on what that seventy million is a lot of money. Well, it and- do- it doesn't say yet. It's just that instead of them producing these candies overseas, like a lot of times they might be investing in like European factory to produce some of their candy, they're going to produce them here in the United States and maybe export. Overseas, so I think that's a great, great news, great manufacturing news that you know a family-owned business like 
this is going to be reinvesting in manufacturing here. That's great. Yeah, love the absolutely. family. I didn't. I love the family business uh, ideal, and I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. This is a quote from uh, the president Tracy Macy. Ho- hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. That. Our For philosophy, his sake, you be. yeah. Our <laughs> philosophy is domestic manufacturing, so that's a great thing. Yeah, it's all, it's awesome. It's all good news. Absolutely. I know there's there's so much good stuff happening right now. I think you would agree that it's it's a feel good time to be in manufacturing right now. Absolutely, Wouldn't you agree. I I totally agree. Good. So what's going on uh, business wise for Car Machine and Tool? Well, at Car Machine and Tool, we I just had um I had a great warm prospect this week that came from an article in a trade publication. I'll get to that more later. But last Friday, I was down in Amelia Island, Florida. The AMT, the Association for Manufacturing Technology, in collaboration with the National Technology and Manufacturing Association, the NTMA, asked me to come down and do a speech in front of about 300 manufacturing leaders, and they wanted me to talk about my family's business succession on how it went from my dad to me, and then how it could potentially go from Jim to my son, Ryan. That's great. And, and you and I actually talked about that speech before you gave we it, and did. you taught me a couple things, yeah. which I'm hopefully going to be using. Uh, we have to deal with that ourselves at Zenger's. So, well, I, I think what I tried to convey to the audience was... And I'm doing a, a Making Chips TV on this as well, uh, business about business succession. But I think the most important thing that I tried to convey to that audience is start talking now. Absolutely. Get those family members. Have those that, open and honest conversations. And you know what you know? it was for me? It was getting my dad, having martinis on a Thursday afternoon after work out of the space and just loosen the conversation up. And then start talking. Absolutely. And, and, you know, without getting into the details of this, which we can get into in Making Chips TV or another episode sure, of the I podcast, you know, you just need to ha- start having those conversations with your family. So you have three kids. I do. So you need to have those conversations with the other two and say, you two are not involved in the business, in the family business. So that has implications for how the succession planning works. Yeah. And, and like with my sister, her and I have to have conversations around what that looks like for us. Um, you know, because we have my, my dad and my uncle, without getting into too many details, they, they work very much in tandem, but my sister doesn't, and I don't necessarily have the same objectives as each other. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know what right. I mean? Like, it is and, okay. And just like your two other kids don't have the same objectives as uh, your son Ryan does. One's a marketing guy and one's a hairstylist. So, right, yeah. exactly. Yes, and Ryan's Is that why me. your hair always looks so good? Yes, it is. And my <laughs> wife is too, yeah. It's always coiffured, right, yes. But it's, it's 50% gray now. <laughs> If you haven't noticed, so is my beard. A little more than 50%. So is that new beard that Jim's wearing. I'm not counting hairs or anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least I have it. That's That's that's, true. That's the important part. (laughs) That's very true. So we have a special episode today. Episode 100, which we, we would love to get feedback from, from the Metalworking Nation. What did you think about an hour-long podcast? It was long for us. It was long. Um, but you know what? This is the most challenging topic that we have 
in the manufacturing industry right now, which is what does the pipeline look like for the workforce? Because apparently there's plenty of jobs coming our way. The question is, do we have the people to fulfill them? Um, well, and it, was, then, it was a very impactful it, episode. It was I a believe. very impactful. And we've already gotten some really good feedback. But what I'd love to hear from the Metalworking Nation is, what do you think about the hour-long podcast? Because it was much longer than what we've ever done in the past. We always try to keep it to 20 or 30 minutes, a nice commute drive. And this was longer than normal. So please email us. Let us know what you thought of this longer episode. And now the second most talked about and requested subject matter on making chips has been marketing. It um, has. Which when we started making chips, I never thought that marketing was going to be something that everybody would say, we need more information, but they're saying it. So we brought in our resident marketing experts at Red she's Caffeine. A mar- she's a marketing mistress. By oh, the way. a marketing mistress. <laughs> yes. My bad. She's a Sorry. marketing mistress. She has a yeah. um, fun title because she's a marketing person. <laughs> so we've got Julie, Julie Poulis back Yay. in the studio with us. Yay! Long-time Our listener. good friend. Glad to be back. Yes. Hi, Julie. <laughs> and and if the audience remembers, we've had Julie on a couple times. We had her on 95, 85, and 19. And when we were at episode 95, we talked about where you start in marketing. Um, and what we'd like to do now is do just a deeper dive in some other subject matters. And we're going to actually let Julie kind of control making chips a little bit this episode. Not, don't give her too okay. much control. Right, she'll right. end up, she'll end up taking it all. <laughs> But it is great because Julie, again, is with us. It's She is part of our ongoing marketing series that we, we decided we needed to do. And Julie is bringing in two very powerful, important people in her company to share with us a little piece of where they fit in to Red Caffeine. That's a lot of peas, Jim. Powerful, important people bringing in pieces. There you go. With I, Julie I didn't Poulos. even try. <laughs> so Julie, why don't you introduce our two guests? Well, thank you so much for having us back. And we really love being recognized as the marketer for makers. And uh, and we really want to say happy anniversary. I, you know, we've been there from the beginning and uh, want to say happy anniversary for your your 100th episode and uh, love to be there from the beginning and love to go through the evolution together. Thank Thank you. So our last episode was really, where do you start? And, you know, for us, it's like Groundhog Day. Everybody says like, oh, you know, we need a website and that's going to solve our problems. And then we say, whoa, back the truck up. Let's, you know, by the time you need that, what does your business landscape, you know, look like? And and that's one of the things that I think is very important to Ride Caffeine because we think holistically about the business and we think that's helped us crack the code on how we can leverage technology to be better marketers. And I'm introducing two very important people that really help make what is our mission in life is that our clients' stories be told, heard, and loved. And it starts by being told. And that's where I want to introduce Casey Keegan. She is our content a strategist. She's also our strategist strategist. She's a digital strategist. She does a lot for us uh, here at Red Caffeine. And she's going to be starting off the conversation. And then we're going to lead into Dan Mantia. And he's our online digital strategist. And he is just a worth of knowledge, just knowing about the back end of your site, how you are to be found. So the comment, they work in tandem and understanding what today's topic is, which I probably should have started with that, which is really, you know, your um, competitive analysis, where you stack up against your competition. And before we start the conversation, I think, you know, I I know these two quite well already because, you know, I've worked with them independently. I didn't know that they were kind of aligned and they work together. So it's going to be interesting to see where that overlap is going to be. And I'll be interested to hear that feedback. Yeah. So just to reiterate, this episode, we're talking about competitive analysis. 
So Casey is going to be talking about image and brand, and Dan is going to be talking about digital competitive analysis. Perfect. So without further ado... Did you introduce them already? Or yeah, did I didn't. It? I okay. just want to introduce Casey. Yes. Yeah, Yay. all right. So welcome, welcome Casey. Welcome, Casey Keegan. Well, thank you guys very much. Uh, Julie's uh, introductions usually make me blush a little bit, but I'm glad <laughs> that I was not also tagged with Social Butterfly and <laughs> Mini Me and a, a few others that are often thrown in with that. But yeah, so well, just welcome. A, well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jim and Jason. So just to get started with competitive analysis, um, Dan and I, while we do take this from two different approaches, we both are working on the same things, which are identifying how you stack up against your competition and then what opportunities lay in the research that you can extract and move forward in brand development and in marketing efforts. So the very first thing that we want to do is identify who you see as your top three to five competitors. And while you're welcome to look at more than that, you really need to identify a top three to five just so that you can dive deep and actually learn a lot about them instead of just scraping the surface. So once you identify them, what we like to do is just take a look at how they're representing themselves online and offline. So this can be their story. Like what position are they taking in the market and what are they saying are their strengths? Who do they serve? What industries are they in? What services do they offer? And then when you take a look at how their brand actually looks, is that telling the same story that is said in words? Because those really do need to align. What do you mean offline? I mean, I know what you mean online, an online presence, but what do you mean by an offline presence? A lot of times, how you live your company and lead your company and how you represent yourself online are not always aligned. So by taking often a good outlet to explore is social media. So while this also is online, you can see like what events are they attending and do they have a recruitment strategy at schools they may be attending or events they may be speaking at. And then the topics that they're speaking on, do they align with what the brand is supposed to represent? Totally get it. And I never knew that before. Thank you. I, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, it's even like for me, I've got 12 field salesman application engineers across the area and they should be saying similar things to what's on my website and if they're all saying different things we've got a problem your brand is not aligned yeah it's not aligned exactly yeah and that's a really great point your team is a great spot to start and while we'll get a little bit deeper into that later on in the marketing series it's something that you really need to know like how is your brand being represented by your own employees and then if you've interacted with any competition are those employees of your competitor companies telling the same story about how they represent their company. And often what you find out is most of your competition, their stories aren't very different. They all say that they offer quality, quality. customer service, on-time delivery. I know. You know, not- you know what I do when I hear that? Yawn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a ticket to doing business. Isn't that what we always say? Yeah. Those three exactly. things are the ticket to do. If you are not doing that already, you're dead. Because everybody does that. Yeah. That's well, what it's we, all about. we like to call it like in, in our speak that we're trying to develop, it's like our three uniques. And our three uniques shouldn't be the same as our competitors' three uniques. You know, they should be completely different. Right. Maybe one of them is the same, but not all three. Yeah. And sometimes you're just in a position where there aren't much differentiation. But Jim Carr, what would you say is your differentiation now is I look at your brand and if I pull up three CNC shops in Elk Grove and 
holy, there's a ton of them in Elk Grove, yeah. as long as also within the regional area. You look like uh, the five-star, and so I have an inherent um, uh, confidence in what you're doing and how you position your business. I thought you were going to say it's his nice haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. But that it's, becomes it's a differentiation. It's all part your of the brand. Your brand, I guess, and my point is, can become your differentiation. Yeah, I agree. I and I actually was going to mention that as well. While when you think CNC machine shops, and if you look, 90% of their websites are going to say the same thing and tell the same stories. But Jim's positioning and what makes him different is his first class experience. And he's not just saying that. It's the way that it's pulled through in every element of the brand and the service and the packaging and everything. It's all supporting the same brand message. So it's one thing to say your brand has an identity, but if you're not supporting it in the tactics and in the way that your employees are representing the company, then is it even a true brand? Can we just talk briefly about logos? I mean, I, I that's one thing that I, I kind of, I mean, I, I get it, but how does a how does a logo truly represent your company's brand? Can you can you explain that a little bit, Casey? Please. Yeah. Well. I'm not a designer. I have looked at a lot of logos in competitive analysis and even working with different clients, we often uncover that logos are not always intentional. We will talk with teams and they're like, where did, the, where did this logo come from? What does it mean? And nobody knows. So that could be like an open door for telling your story. And it should also be telling the same story that is said in words and is it's a meaning behind your brand and if that's not represented visually then it, it's an incomplete circle mm-hmm. i get it thank you so casey i was just uh, I, I heard that uh, red caffeine has a matrix that you use when you start working with a new client can you explain that a little bit please yeah so depending on the client and their need you can really personalize this matrix to take a specific deep dive into any topic. But two that we most often do and that anyone can do for their own company is a service matrix and an industry matrix. So you may start by listing out your own services. And then as you dive into the competitors, the services will build out based on what they offer or what they what they're saying that they offer. Because often what they offer and what they say are not always the same. And then as you build out this matrix, you can start Xing the boxes and recognizing trends of identifying opportunities of these industries or services are completely saturated. While there's opportunity, we only have one direct competitor who is in aerospace. So maybe we can really put a stake in the ground and step up and earn more business there because w- looking at our direct competition they're not getting hit from every side. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the outcomes of that competitive analysis are not even per se marketing related, they're technology related. So we have a client that does um, a distributor of parts for aviation gas pumps, I suppose. And we realize there's not much differentiation that we can really position in the story. But the recommendation is then how can we make it easier for you to do business with us. So, you know, developing a back end that, you know, systemizes pricing across a national level becomes the differentiator. Hence, that technology component is what we position in the branding. And so that's looking at that business as a whole. But those are the types of things that we identify when we're looking at who you're up against. 
So why don't we move on to the other side of competitive analysis, which is the digital competitive analysis, and we'll move on to Dan. So Dan, tell us, where do you start in the digital competitive analysis area? Okay, great. Well, thanks. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Welcome, Good to Dan. see you again, Jim man. and Jason, for having me yeah. here. So a lot of times where we start is, or where I start in the role here is um, I'll piggyback off of what Casey already has started. We look at the matrices, whether they're industry or service related. And then, and so when we talk about online and we try to, we scope the digital landscape, what we're doing is we're actually looking at the domain rating of your competitors. And what that's going to tell us is how competitive this niche is and, and what you need to do to outrank and outposition your competition. So what you're saying is that if when somebody goes to search for machine shop in you know Nebraska, who comes up and why do they come up and what have they they've been doing in order to get to that point? Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll we'll take a look uh, as we're doing this research and we're using tools to look at competitor domain ratings. Um, we'll also extract keywords. Keywords are huge; they're important. Finding the right keywords helps you target the right customers. And so we like to build that keyword list out. And then when we're doing this, we're thinking strategically on how we want to integrate keywords and the research within your website so that we're giving you the most opportunity to be visible and to be found online. And, and so, how do you how do you find what those keywords are? I mean, like you know, what are what are people looking for? I mean, because obviously, you know, we, we've talked about this before. It's like people aren't searching for quality machine shops. I mean, that's inherent in what every machine shop should be doing. So, yeah. how do you figure out what other things that they're searching for? So that's that's a great question. Um, the tools that we use here when we do this keyword research, we build a list of your keywords and then list a keyword list of your competitors. And what we're able to do is try to identify gaps, uh, content gaps, and where your competitors are ranking for keywords and where you're not. And that's one of the ways we can help guide our strategy and, and direct you in strategy and plans and your marketing efforts. Yeah, that was very well said. I, I totally get that. And because I've gone through that exercise already with Dan and um, it's, it's really critical to how you're going to move forward. And um, it's really, you're kind of like spying on your competitor to see what they're doing. And then you're, tr you're trying to do something different. The only thing is, is your competitors probably doing the same thing against us, right? So it's it's back and forth and back and forth, right? Sometimes, sometimes not. Okay. Because let's be honest, I think one of the reasons that this topic is so important is that many manufacturers are maybe a little bit slow to the marketing game. Right. They're very good at what they do in their business. And really, it's the whole reason why we're here is to kind of give education. So I kind of want to throw back to Dan. You know, we subscribe in tools, and that's why... You know, you go to an expert for certain things, but there are certain things that you can do at home um, if you have the time and, and tenacity to do that. Or a few quick, like you can't always get the insights that we get, Dan, but what can they do to... Right, uh -oh. right, right. So if you have a Google uh, account, you can easily create a Google AdWords account. And if you have an AdWords account, you can use a, a keyword planner. And it's a free tool that Google offers where you can actually just type in keywords that are relevant to your business and just kind of gauge the search volume and the competition for that keyword. Something you could do on your own for free. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. And then there are other tools you can use as well. Moz Keyword Explorer. Um, they give you five free keyword research queries and then um, you can jump on a subscription if you want. But for the most part, you're going to be able to use these tools and just really quickly gauge the market for your keywords that you want to target. I had looked into once like that there was a um a long tail search I don't know what to call it. It's like a, some kind of online software that you could use to find those long tail search keywords. Can you explain that a little bit? When you talk about long tail software, I'm just I want to make sure I understand your question correctly. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the one that I had looked into was called Long Tail Pro, 
you know, supposedly it helps you to find those difficult, longer keywords that people are searching for that might not be as obvious. Okay. Yeah. So what what can people act on today, Dan? What can they do to really, you know, amp up their their presence. Yeah, yeah. So something someone could do today is if you have a website and you have, uh, let's say, blog content on your site, one of the things you could be doing is just going back to content uh, you created a couple years ago or a few months ago and updating it with relevant information. And then just so that it's fresh and relevant and it's something easily anyone could do um, to have that post or page be recrawled by Google so, Do, okay, let me ask you a quick question. So, are are is all the content that we put on our web page, our case studies in PDF format, uh, all the verbiage, all the text, is that all crawlable in Google? Will, do, will Google see all those words and put it all together? So, text is primarily crawlable. Okay. Um, as for images, images are not crawlable. Therefore, that's why we assign, um, we do like this all attribute where it's alternative text to tell Google what this image is. and Which is SEO optimization on the back end of your website. Got it. Got it. Thank and you. I just kind of want to circle back sure. too, to the point that we're talking about competitive analysis. And when you're looking at competitive analysis and, and, and everybody always wants to go down to Google and AdWords and, and all the analytics, which is really awesome. But also what we're looking at is, your competitors, are they up to date? Are they relevant? Do they have content? Is it, you know, take 10 clicks to get to what I want? So you today at home can go look at the people that you're comp- competing against. And I always hear this a lot of times too. Well, I don't have a direct competitor. Well, you know, in the areas of markets where you have d- direct competition. And, and what you're really trying to look for at the bottom line is what are the insights that I can take that help me understand where I have a chance to dominate where I have to catch up or where there's a hole that I can really, you know, capture. And both of the things that I think are talked about today and the reason that Casey and Dan are so effective in positioning our clients to take us down this strategic journey is these are the insights that help us determine how we tell the story concisely. And I know everybody loved our brand story uh, uh, podcast. And where do we want to be in the marketplace? How do we position ourselves? What are the tactics or pieces of content that we're going to use? And what are the delivery mechanisms that we're going to get there? So the audience that you're trying to attract hears you. That's the bottom line, right? Exactly. It's just like with making chips. You know, I, I could not agree more. That's awesome. I, I, I learned something today. What do you know? I, I did not. And I had no idea that Dan and Casey worked in conjunction but um, yeah, I mean, this has been great. I definitely learned something too. And just yeah. having this marketing series, I think is going to be not only beneficial for me, which, you know, selfishly, I, I need to learn more about marketing, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that the metalworking nation is really going to get something out of this. It's funny that you really have to look at your competition to position yourself as a better company. I always you know heard I mean? that you don't you don't pay attention to what your competition is doing, but I guess, you know, you you have to you, you have to find, you know, your Maybe. your strategic vision where you're going and then see how it matches up with your competition. But you don't necessarily want to form your marketing strategy around them, you know? And I no, guess there's but a difference it's a, there. It's there in marketing, what do we say a billion times? There's no silver bullet, but knowledge is power. And so the next couple of uh, episodes that we're going to have in, in marketing is different pieces and parts that equip us 
and manufacturing leaders to be able to tell the story, define the plan, know where to go. Yeah, it's I, about working smarter, not harder. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next one, which is going to be about interviewing your your current perspective and lost clients. I mean, that having those conversations, I think, is going to be really, really impactful for the metalworking nation. And yeah. we know that sometimes on a podcast, some of these things seem like maybe a little bit technical. And for many of the manufacturers that we've worked for, it seems overwhelming. And we get that. So we are going to provide a downloadable tool that's just some simple, naked, we call them naked templates. I, can we say that on a podcast, naked? Yes, um, you can. And that that will allow you to be able to go and do some of your homework on just your own. Just to fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks. Great. Great. So how do they get that, Julie? They go to makingchips.com slash 101, and we'll have a uh, link to that downloadable worksheet. Great. Thanks, Great. guys. What yeah, a pleasure you having you here today and uh, being in the studio, in your studio, but it's our studio today. It's, it's always a pleasure to see you guys and your smiling faces. Thank you for having us. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, Thank you both. Thanks, guys. Back at you. Love Back. you guys. Thanks. So wow, that was that was a good one, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna have to listen, go back and listen to that one again. I'm really glad we decided to do this marketing series. It's it. I'm learning from it. I thought I thought I knew all about marketing, but at the end of the day, there's always those little pieces oh, of the puzzle a lot. that we're always adding to it. It's just like marketing in your whole marketing plan. It's not just like Julie always tells us. It's not just your website. It's not just your social media. It's not just a brochure. It's not. It's all those little pieces of the pie that you had to put together, and it's it's a sliver of everything that makes your whole marketing plan. Yeah, full. I mean, it's just like you know machining. It's like there's so many ways to get the job done, and so many different things that you can learn from. Other people, it's very complex process. It really and is. marketing is too. Yeah, but this this is awesome. I'm I'm so glad we can bring this information to the metalworking nation. You know, I always say at the end of the show, this we don't claim to know it all. That's why we bring in the experts. That's why we bring in the experts, and um, it, it it's it, it's very fulfilling for me to be able to spread the word to our community and give back a little bit of information. Yeah, and see everybody elevate their games and get exactly. better at marketing and get the word out and be more competitive in this global market. You bet. And remember, if our listeners want to get a hold of us, they can send us an email to Jim at Making Chips or Jason at Making Chips or even Ryan at Making Chips too. Well, I look forward to the next episode on our Inner Marketing Series. we got to get Julie back here next month. Yeah. Can I close this out? You can. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. You can swear, too, but we just won't go on. Yeah. Not a big oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We can yeah, we're going to bleep it. <laughs> But Jim's website. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel feel like we're at a lull here, and I have to go pee. So <laughs> shake your leg. <laughs> All right, let's go because I'm trying to hold it. <laughs> this is the best part about it. You can edit.